Welcome back to Jokerman. Uh, changing of the uh, sides, ranking of episodes. Uh, changing of the <laughs> uh, yeah. But that was the last. Street got, you legal. Come up with, you got to come with a catchier one for "Is Your Love in Vain" to introduce this episode. That's where we're starting. Uh, we're we're ta- uh, You're. Is your listening in vain? It isn't, because it's good to listen to Jokerman podcasts. I'm, I'm, I'm Ian. Ugh. Ugh. I'm Evan. And we're joined once again by Matt and Josh, uh, the the uh, two foremost street legal scholars online. Welcome back, gentlemen. Uh, it's, uh, it's a goddamn pleasure to be here. It's Yeah, absolutely. Uh if you listen to the last episode, well, you should listen to the last one and then come back, listen to this one. But uh, we're starting with side B, uh, for our purposes, of uh, of the great record Street Legal. And we're beginning with a song called uh, Is Your Love in Vain? This is our second time talking about the record because we were not uh, fully prepared and we weren't as seasoned the first time and now uh we we know we know the stakes of love uh, you know the price of love is going up it's gone up <laughs> and uh, now you gotta ask is your love in vain is the love was it was it a good investment is love uh something that i can is, expect from you in the future the love or? is not watered is, down. is it fair to say you you've gone from juniors to seniors yeah, that's right. <laughs> sorry, that's I'm, pretty I'm good. Sorry, it, it, I'm sorry about um, that. They just needed another shot of uh, shot of love. Yeah, you just need another a shot of love. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, I don't know. Good song. I can't, I'm out of things like that. Is your love in vain? I think if we want to just take a trip down memory lane. With Is Your Love in Vain. We initially said this song was like uh, a bad a bad look, yikes type of thing. We were like, oh, it's this is Bob saying, oh, you're, he's being a kind of a, he's doing misogynism. Yes. Do we still believe that? Oh, I, I don't think that's changed. <laughs> you know, I, I, as you know, for, for those who didn't listen to the last episode, I, w- I, I mean, I, I would say this is not him at his emotional best or fairest, and I think that his, and I, I actually in my notes to this, I, I, I was like, it's really unfair again. You know, it's got unfair all, I, to the the character in the song is unfair yes. to the Un- unfair to, yes. the, to the one the, to the one that he's a- addressing. And yeah. then at the end, it does it does that thing again, where he says, "What is it?" Um, Do you understand you, my pain? No, 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 no. That's that's totally self centered. That's bullshit. I think. <laughs> right. Like in, 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 in any kind of like relationship talk, do you understand my pain? Is not really a useful uh, rhetorical device. But where he says, "Are you willing to risk it all?" betrays something about his internal attitude. I think towards his entire world that I think is, is, is worth confronting and as, as one of those weird like confessions that slips through in a song that's supposed to be about yeah. something else. Interesting. Are you willing to risk it all? Like, I don't remember if we said this on air or, or off, but like his, at, at the beginning, he's still doing this for whatever fucking reason he decided to keep going on and doing this. And he right. d- does seem willing to ri- risk it all, you know, maybe not in a, 
he's very financially secure. He can kind of do whatever he wants whenever he wants to. But there is no real reason for him to do this other than that he wants to do it. And he feels like risking something over and over and over again. That's obvious. And as a writer, I think that's true of him. And Absolutely. as a performer. As a performer more than a writer. Anyway. Yeah, and he says, I've been hurt before and I know the score. Uh, it's, it's like he's kind of testing, uh, you know, do you do you care that I'm still doing this? Like, do you care that I'm in this? Because I'm still in this. Like, are you really here with me or do you just think I'm another uh, flash in the pan for, for whether that he's talking about his, you know, ostensible relationship in this song, or maybe he, there's part of it that is based upon his own feelings about where he's at in his career. That's well, maybe. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, who is he talking to here? Like, right. who is this? Yeah. Like who, who needs to hear this? It's certainly not his, you know, his ex-wife. I don't think uh, it doesn't seem like a song for someone will, you've left. Will, will you let me be myself or is your love in vain? Right. Well, it seems like right. the next, you know. <laughs> that was another thing I thought about this record as a, as a divorce record. The, the idea that these are his actual statements to his to you know, Sarah. ex-wife are, is ridiculous. Who the fuck would ever, like, oh, I'm not going to say something in real life, but I'll say it in the song. So the idea that we were able to like sort of go one-to-one in terms of, oh, he must be saying this to her, because right. obviously he had no other avenue to say it. Right. It, it, like, it's, it's just not, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's the trap that everyone <laughs> everyone falls into today, certainly, but that we even saw fucking Grill Marcus fall into with the um, with his review and his very negative take on this song in particular is, like, just assuming that this material is, is like, a, a 100% one-to-one direct kind of window into Bob Dylan's personal kind of sentiments and thoughts towards presumably Sarah Lowndes at this point. And, you know, I'm sure that Obviously, things that were happening in his life were informing what was going on, you know, with his songwriting and his recording at this time. But, like, you know, like, you gotta know, if you're fucking Grill Marcus, you gotta know, like, Bob Dylan is not giving you a complete unvarnished look into Bob Dylan's mind with these songs that he's putting on a record. But I think he's going, he's he's holding him to task saying, this is what Dylan's choosing to write about. This is the type of stuff he's choosing to say, can you cook and sew and make flowers grow? Do you understand my pain? (laughs) pain. We shouldn't beat around the bush. That is what we're talking about. It's it's, it's funny, but it's still fucking shallow and it's not really something that you would uh, be like, oh, wow, that person did a good job of talking to their significant other in this way. Like that, that just seems foolish. So, you know, even in the context of the song, I think Grill's argument that this is emotionally unfair is uh, salient, but it's not necessarily diaristic. I, don't, I do think, though, that whether or not it's, dire, it's it's based on his life or not, I think that you get a really interesting arc and a really successful and effective arc on this record through a f- the last few songs, including this oh, yeah. one, where you get no yeah. time to think, think, you know, you get changing of the guards. You, a song, you know, which maybe you can just take its title at face value. The world is upheaved and all these things are happening. Uh, chaos ensues. New pony. I'm fine. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be fine. I'm having a good time. Uh, no time to think. I'm very confused, actually. <laughs> <from the chaos. laughs> Man, 
this is this Baby, is the same crying. fucking outline I made last night. Yeah, go ahead. Stop keep crying. Going. You've got. Uh, uh, please just shut up. Shut up for a second. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get a gun. Just, I'm gonna get a gun. Shut up. Yeah, I'm take I'm, you down I, the river. I love you. But I love you. Just shut up, uh, please. And then, uh, is your love in vain? Like this melancholy moment of like, do you even care about me at all? And then you know, uh, I've been offered wings and dined with kings. Dined yeah, with kings. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, this by, by the way, that line, if you really read it literally, I think means chicken wings. Um, yeah. And, and, not, and, not an, and not angels. And <laughs> he's uh, never been too impressed. No. Is your love in vain? Um, I think this is a song that if you are feeling sad, if you're feeling bad, it stops being um, uh, funny <laughs> at all. Like this is a song that really is like uh, it It comes from a real genuine place of feeling self-conscious and, and bitter right. and, sa- and sad, really. Uh, he's um, feels betrayed and he's he's actually I, th- I think that's a, the sadness at the heart of the song is not to be ignored because it's it's the sound of somebody who staked a lot on somebody on a relationship and and doesn't maybe want to admit it but now that that seems to be up a, a question is this thing do you actually care or like are we really connecting here suddenly but, you start to see the seams sort of fall apart but, on this guy but it's interesting because like he's writing exactly what you just said, but this is post-divorce. Like, why is he asking these questions? You know, it's almost like going back and, and reliving while there's still a possibility of seeing. Right. It sounds like a fight, you know, not at, you know, not at the very end of things, but somewhere. In right. The, like, but if this is, know, if this is to be understood apart. as yeah. a record yeah. about a divorce, then it does work yeah. as like the middle point and not to jump, right ahead because i assume we have maybe a few more things to say but i think then you see it land into the pit of confusion and despair then it goes off the fucking cliff (laughs) yeah yeah uh just on on the note of uh is your love in vain uh before we wrap it i remember i think when we talked about it initially on our first couple episodes like i think we were both pretty down on this song at least i was i was definitely pretty down on it because uh, it kind of bored me and, you know, also the whole, you know, kind of, um, you know, whatever thing about it. Uh, but I remember, like, talking to my dad um, uh, about it after uh, the episodes came out because he's a big Bob guy. Um, and, and he's a guy, you know, he's my dad. He's, he's, he's been around the block a few times, you could say, you know, that old hunk of coal. Um, and, uh, has, uh, gone through a couple of divorces, uh, and, uh, and he was saying to him, this is one of his very favorite songs on the record because it has, um, uh, you know, given him a, a you know, sort of a, like, a, 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 a reflection or a looking glass or something to like kind of bounce some of his experiences and feelings, uh, towards his own, you know, kind of, uh, past, uh, off and, and like finding some sort of commonality, with Bob in this regard, I think has has uh, endeared him to this song in a way that, like, I don't know, Evan and I maybe have not. Uh, no, I, I haven't I, had I quite could, as many uh, quite as many trips around the sun. Bit, but yeah, I mean, this song is like a Steely Dan song that doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> what? <laughs> It, I, I, wa- I, I, I want to agree with that, but I need you to say more. I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's kind of like throwing all these things. It, it's like this, you get the impression that there's some kind of like a 
comically tragic, fucked up relationship, and where Steely Dan would insert some like sort of goofy lines that kind of make you uh, in on it, like like a sort of Woody Allen esque lens or whatever, where you're seeing this uh, tragic comedy unfold. This is Dylan just like being right in the shit, and uh, both of those types of music, you know, those that's the yin and yang of man who's been divorced uh, is this just missing the that's Retha Franklin and then this whole thing becomes a joke yeah this is this is just a guy who isn't getting laid from a 19 year old in a bar so he's just exactly. it's the I'm, same guy I'm, I'm pretty sure that Bob at this point is getting laid from a 19 year old that's that's actually a good point I, yeah uh, fair the uh, things that I miss the most that 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 Steely Dan song where he's just like ostensibly he's talking about his uh, the dissolution of his marriage, and he's like, "I miss the uh, the Audi, and the Audi, the, t- the house on the Gulf Coast, the house on the vineyard." <laughs> the ha- yeah. Don't forget Both that. <laughs> um, oh boy! You know, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's. I think this is the emotion. This is where the emotional core of the record comes out, uh, for for better or for worse, uh, we could say. And rolling along with that, uh, I think, as you gestured uh, towards a moment ago, Evan. Is the next song a uh, a a sort of a character study uh, on this record, uh, but also study. maybe no, one of the saddest not. songs that he <laughs> Senior, it's, the character that we know and love. It's the senior. It's not about Senior. <laughs> it's the Senior. <laughs> That's it. It would be a character study if it was about if it was a, talking about who Senior is. Yeah, he's Senior. He just no, I don't think he, he. I don't think he's no. Senior. No, he's talking no, to Senor. He, We're studying he's, he's, talking, he's talking to a Senor. Yeah, that's the not what senior. a character study is, Ian. But, this, is, uh, this is the Senor. I, it's a song with a character in it. That's for it, damn just, sure. Just as Gaucho, Gaucho is a character study of the Gaucho. This is a character study of the Senor. No, the no, Gaucho just, and the Senor. No, this, this is, this is, a, this is a, a poetic device using the Senor as the... As I think the, the well, semantics, but... I would also pose that there's different <laughs> different Senors here. You know, will there be any oh, comfort here? Multiple Senor Senors. very different than the, I'm, right. are you, uh, I'm ready when you are, <laughs> How senior. about this? Uh, Imagine this. Each time he says senor, imagine two men, all right? Just indulge me on this. There's two men, and every time it says senor, it's one man saying it. Then the next time it's the man saying it back to him. It's two seniors, actually. It's like uh, yeah. they're, they're both talking to each other. The first one is senor, and the next one, he's the other guy looking back saying senor. You see? Two senor. men with sombreros. Well, and then, by the way, they're senor, senor, <laughs> let's disconnect these cables. Let's. Maybe it's like the, the two yeah. seniors are like, senor, senor. They're, they're attached <laughs> by <laughs> cables, yeah. Exactly. It's sort of a tweedly dumb and tweedly Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Latino and tweedly dumb and tweedly new. Wait, can, <laughs> we, can we talk for a second about the, per, the parenthetical here? Yes. The Tales of Yankee Power. Great parenthetical. Which, uh, I don't, I, I've listened to the song, you know, and, infinite number of times and i don't know how to place that um it doesn't it doesn't strike nothing in the imagery brings me to sort of a yankee i don't know i don't know what that conjures but i've i've it's never really i've always been fascinated by that piece of it because that that parenthetical to me like gives this like it doesn't necessarily connect to any specific like line uh or image in the song necessarily but it it like gives it this sort of like um like psychic weight to me when i listen to it that like i think turns it into a bigger kind of broader deeper sort of song like i like just reading that line like puts me in this like 
you know, mid 19th century, like American uh, imperialist exploits into like Mexico, like the the Texas, the war for independence in Texas and stuff. And like, you know, just all of this like uh, mythological almost um, Old West um, uh, appreciation that we know that Bob has had throughout his career based on, you know, obviously his uh, willingness to act and uh, record music for a Western. If we want to delve into what that could mean i i would guess like this is a, a stretch but like the character in it seems so um so much a stranger in a strange land he's so uh lost and unsure of himself and the pleading of senor like what's going on i, I don't are, where are we what's happening then to call the song tales of yankee power is kind of maybe a a, a bit of a um an ironic statement of saying like that this character who ostensibly is maybe the Yankee finds himself completely at a loss in a, in a foreign country. He's bitten off more than he can chew at the mercy of uh, this guide who may or may not even understand a word he says. Right. Right. Yeah. Which um, I, I, I want to call back, Matt, to your point, which is the, <clears throat> the newer point you made last episode about this being sort of a parallel of ISIS or, you know, in, in operating in the same but different universe of that. Yeah, I, I think it's dropped down into a different kind of psychic place than ISIS. Um, and much as I believe I'm the only person on this uh, call to actually have been divorced, I think I'm also the only one who <laughs> co- covered this song. Which I, I yes. did. Oh, you covered Senor? Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I covered Senor uh, in, in, for a very brief period. I, I, I fronted a quote unquote rock band. Um, <laughs> Why quote unquote? <laughs> uh, just because of most, most of my music is very uh, abstract in nature. And then for a little while, I decided I would cover rock songs. And you got it. Did this. And it was an extremely satisfying uh, experience. But. Sort of late in the game, we decided, and we did do ISIS on the one tour we did. But then the next, you know, we did a bunch of shows and then did Senor. And the more I covered it, the more I realized it's like, it's a, it's a feel song. Like the story isn't there. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it's just a sequence of images. And so, like, yeah. the more I sang it, the I was like, oh, the only way to bring meaning to this is actually in inflection. In the feel, and, yeah. And in, and in sort of teasing out different aspects of it. And... And that made it a really, like, it was kind of illuminating to see that that's one of the interesting things about, again, it goes back to our point of why we made the street legal lists in the first place, is this is like a sort of launching pad for meaning within uh, the, like the, the Dylan galaxy. is yeah. like, to try and piece together, this means this, and this person's saying this to this person. Oh, that's a fool's errand. A fool's errand. It's a fool's exactly. errand, but... but uh, Although Evan, I will say that your idea of two seniors talking to each other really has legs. <laughs> it, no, I, as it has as, legs, as but, goofy um, as uh, and and stupid as I've been on this whole episode and the previous one, I, I just want to point out that I think this is one of the um, best songs by Bob Dylan. Like to me, I think I think this song is really profoundly sad, and I don't think it really. I don't think I realized that until much later, like after I first heard it, that this song, like you saying it, you were saying it was about feel and it really, the feeling is like, uh, one of like complete loss and desperation. Like he's still moving forward. Like he always does, but 
I don't know that there's another song where Dylan feel seems to be like crawling on his hands and knees, other than maybe like standing in the doorway. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. like, all right. Like, well, but I mean, standing in the doorway is much more overt about. It. I mean, it's like yeah, audio. Right. It's li- it's literal. This is this one's more dreamlike in a way. But it, yeah, but it just gives you the sense of loneliness and like that your perception of reality is wrong and like everything you know. But like it's done in these like bizarre sort of images and you know. Well, it also uh, it also does touch again, Evan, on on your your point in the uh, the previous episode about the sort of like sci-fi or fantasy imagery where he says like, smell the tail of the dragon. Right. What the yeah, fuck yeah. does that mean? Like, that's a really like, like when I remember when we were covering it, I'm like, I have to sing this, <laughs> smell the tail of the dragon. And I have to infuse it with some kind of, that sounds like, like some sort of like metal lyric or something. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's like it's a, know, that it's, to me it sounds so like dumb. That's the phrase they like, use to. Uh, that's when you've spilled the tequila that has the worm in it all over your <laughs> right. shirt, and you yeah. gotta smell it the next day. <laughs> totally, it's like that, and then and then and then like when you like to the sadness, it's like just let me pick myself up myself up off the floor. Yeah, is that like, and and that line. The, the one that gets to me is uh, this place don't make sense to me no more. It's oh, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know that that's so direct that it yeah. like, kind of gives me chills because it in the midst of all this cryptic lyricism, it's like uh, just a uh, whoa, like, that's that's heavy yeah. just to hear his voice say things have changed, you might say. Yeah, I mean, the, the will there be any comfort there? Senor. Yeah, I mean, it's like somebody yeah. who's just like who's just desperate and lost control. Yeah, and um, senior, like I, he, it, the fact that it's like another c- language is just—it's right. so, so it's so simple, but it just works yeah. so well. No, it really me. does. And and uh, it would be remiss in, in not mentioning the excellent uh, Willie Nelson cover. Uh, oh yes, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. On the I on that there, uh, to it's that. it's amazing. This uh, really this, really good. He does it justice. Yeah. This I bet song, he does. To me, is as close as he gets to like desire on uh, on this record, which I think makes sense, Matt, in terms of what you were talking about with this being like the flip side of ISIS. There's also some sort of like flip side, like yin and yang, black and white version of um, Romance and Durango um, Mm -hmm. on this, Mm -hmm. um, where like that's such a just sort of like merry, jolly, good times kind of like, you know, we're galloping along through the old west and we're having a great time. Uh, and then this is, you know, the like crashing back to earth, you know, like uh, deeper, darker. Like this is almost like the um, like the Sergio Leone version uh, compared to Romance and Durango's like John Ford version of the Old West. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I said it before. I'm pretty sure on the first time we talked about this, I said that it's like uh, has like a waiting for Godot quality. But, <laughs> right. uh, as it rings especially uh, true when I, if you choose to interpret it as two seniors. Can you tell me what we're waiting for, senior? Uh, <laughs> that that turns this into more of a uh, like a Abbott and Costello routine. Yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Who's on first, senior? Yeah. <laughs> I don't can know. Who's on, on second? <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> Great version, uh, track one on Springtime. Also, yeah, I might honestly. I was I, very excited that that was the leadoff cut on that. So yeah. so cool. I like. I don't want to. You know, we're here to sing the praises of Street Legal. I but like. I I almost think that I that that version to me like 
I, 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 I connect, I vibe with that one more than I do with the record cut for some reason. Well, Maybe while just we're at it's it, a, a recently released version. Uh, shame on you, Third Man Records, for scamming me. Right. Yes. <sighs> I I paid for the uh, stupid Disney Vault thing they have, and then I didn't get the Springtime in New York box set sent to me. Oh. oh. And then they just told me after I asked for a refund two months later. Uh, well, we we uh, can't give you a refund. But what we can give you is the next uh, oh thing in the God. vault. Which no, is do, you, do you want another? Yeah, do you want another white stripes record? Yeah, yeah exactly. and I, I don't want the white stripes. I, they're like, okay, we can't give oh. you Bob Dylan, but we'll take your money and give you something you do not oh. want. That's that is a nightmare because Matt and I signed up and we literally put a reminder. We were like texting each other to remember to cancel before the next one came out. <laughs> Just so we didn't end up in that with whatever. Yeah, I, you know, I Jack ordered White it the, on the September 16th. So oh, like, I don't bummer. know what happened. That's there. dog shit. Yeah. And I, the fucking, and the goddamn thing doesn't even complete. Like not every track from the five CDs are spread across the six LPs that you can. Don't get I think me started on this I shit. thought I thought it was I thought it, everything on the no, five CD set was no, on the, either if you no, got did the, I if you bought no. what, what what is missing I'm missing out on you, something then you find me sweet Caroline on that uh, oh no, are you kidding me shit. there's I no sweet kidding. Caroline that's the best I, song on the entire fucking man, set I, I like I like I, I listened to it all and then I was like wait a minute and then I scanned the track list and I'm like what I uh, I know I'm wrong but then. As Lindsey Buckingham says, I know I'm not wrong. Great song. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm digress. going insane. All right. Jack White, you've been Lindsay called Buckingham. out yeah. by Jokerman yeah. Podcast. We yeah. challenge you to a right. duel. And by the way, doesn't He's... he have a vinyl pressing plant that everyone wants? Can't he just, you know, he doesn't have enough? You would He's think. got the only vinyl. Tales of Yankee Privilege, man. Yeah, un- 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 disconnect those cables. <laughs> yeah, the the Riddler of indie rock, Jack White. The uh, the uh, what's a, a different uh, the uh, a different Batman villain who sucks more? The uh, he's the Penguin of indie rock. Penguin, yeah. <laughs> Jack White, you fucking penguin! You heard you heard it here on Jokerman podcast. <laughs> yeah, give Evan his triple LP. Give yeah. me my sixty-five dollars back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's some bullshit. That's yeah, some, don't you know what that is? That's penguin shit. That's, that's highway bullshit. robbery. That's, that's Scrooge McDuck uh, behavior. Um, <laughs> next song is True Love next Tends song. to Forget. Yeah. We, we've, we've crawled through a desert of broken glass uh, with Bob Dylan, uh, blood dripping from his mouth as he uh, takes another sip of, of warm mezcal instead of water. <laughs> And then uh, we find ourselves as a, at a beautiful oasis where we replenish our dying body and um, I don't know. Think about uh, just just are back at square one where we're sad, kind of. Good song. Yeah, it's, that's it. It's I, I I think it's like the it's the closest analog sonically to changing of the guards. Right. Yeah. It is. On the record, and it you know it does it has a it it has a mild fade in. It's not the fade in that will you know that would characterize changing of the guards or or the legendary changing of the guards <laughs> fade in. Yeah. The by now, yeah. if, if you've been paying attention, people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song it has a it's more of like an acceptance. Uh, there's a quality of acceptance of um, 
I don't know. It's a pretty song. It's really pretty. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, got I some, too. like some of my favorite delivery, like the "You're a tearjerker, baby." I just like love oh, the like yeah. delivery yeah. of the like. Yeah. He just like he nails the delivery in a bunch of places here. You're that, a like, hard I think, worker, baby. Worker, baby. Yeah. yeah. Like turn that. Like I feel like give this song just a little bit of you know something special. Yeah, it's it's uh, an interesting take on uh, vocally. It's an interesting take on his sort of crooning style. That's that's you know lands. Let's, state the obvious somewhere between Nashville skyline and triplicate, you know, in, in terms of, <laughs> of, of how he's going to, uh, if he pulled work, this out, I would work. scream. Oh man. But like, <laughs> if he busted this song out live, but it, like, you know, that he could still, like his voice could still handle it. Sure. Yeah. Kind of what this thing proves is his ability to mod, like, whatever. We don't need to go over that on this podcast. Like the, the Bob Dylan is a bad singer thing. Like he's an excellent singer and this he's is maybe really the greatest singer living yeah. you know what's a really interesting thing uh, makes this song for me a kind of an outlier is i like the bridge more than any other part of this song i think that's yeah. great i mean what he says i see you drift into infinity and come back again great like, line. So that good. is so yeah. profoundly beautiful to me I, I really think that's just an amazing moment on the yeah. record I was lying and down in the reeds I'll, without any oxygen. Yeah. Like that's, yep. that's a really beautiful yeah. image. And then, I'll, like, but it's again, all you got to do is wait and I'll tell you when. And the way he sings that, you know, he just like stretches yeah. it out. And, like, yeah, I mean, again, you know, Ian, to your point, like, I mean, he's in command of his voice. This is like, these are not accidents. You know, this is not, he didn't just stumble into this. Like, he really, yeah. 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 This, he this is a sound, it sounds shape. like all of the pain on the last record. I mean, the last song on the record in Senor, it, this this is like a sound of somebody who made it kind of to like to hell and back again and is like still uh, pleading. But with I think he's been, all the way, he's been all the way from Mexico to Tibet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he was certainly in Mexico. We know that. <laughs> I, oh, I this, love that line. It's, so, it's such it's, a personal it's, favorite of mine. Really <laughs> from Mexico to Tibet. What, what does true love tends to forget? What does that mean? Well, I to think you? to me, this song like really deepens uh, and, and gives dimension to a little bit of the, you know, sharper edge that we had on Baby Stop Crying and Is Your Love in Vain, where like, you know, he's kind of on those songs lashing out ish you know there, there's that element of it uh there but then like then he follows up with this song uh and where are you tonight which we'll get to obviously that that really have such a like a warmth and a depth of feeling and appreciation for whoever the target of this is um you know i think there's there's like a there's a um uh an idiot win quality to this not in the you're an idiot babe but the last stanza an idiot when we are idiots babe like this willingness yeah, to like accept yep. his own um uh you know failings or his own responsibility for whatever you know is, yeah. is the fuck up going on it, yeah you're right i mean it's it's still selfish but it's the, one of the least selfish sort of portrayals of his experience even 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 though it says you belong to me, baby. <laughs> no, I mean it's, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. Let's be clear. I wonder if when he says true love tends to forget, if it's sort of meant to be like true love tends to forget the bad stuff. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Yeah, like, yeah. and it, and it doesn't matter. Like like in the uh, the song "Walk Through Raindrops," a song we recently <laughs> talked about uh, on the Nightfly. Uh, we were f having a fight, and I don't remember what it what it was about or whatever he says. Like, we were fighting, and I don't remember what it was. 
I think that's a really touching way to view the song. I don't know if that's totally what was the, the point, but... Well, whether or not it's the point... Yeah, I, I, I think the inverse is also true. True love tends to forget a bunch of the good and a bunch of the bad. Yeah, right. You know, like once, you, like what what he's saying is, when you're deep in it, you're deep in it, and there's no way to be fully present. And it's yeah. It, it sort of alternates, right? Like you told me you'd be sincere, and every day of the year is like playing Russian roulette. Like true love tends to forget that stuff, and then you get until I was lying down in the reeds without any oxygen. Like, and then it's like you were the sort of saving force. Like it sort of goes back and forth a number of yeah. times. So I think he sort of does like. True it's love a very tends to forget subtle all, lyric, all of that. It's a really profound lyric. I think that it, Chris Gow or like maybe these people who are encountering the record. I mean, honestly, me until just more recently, literally right now, like, just this I'm very really, second. In fact, there's a lot of ways <laughs> to view this um, this lyric, and I think if you give it, if you meet it half, halfway, if you meet this whole record halfway, I think you'll find a lot to be gleaned from there's a lot there to be mined and i mean that's bob at his best it's a simple line it's a very clear like true love tends to forget we understand the dictionary definition of all those words it's a very simple yeah. statement you know to put together in into a song but like it's something that you can really kind of sit with and think about and takes on a series of different meanings and realities over time as you kind of live with it yeah. And you know what's interesting? Like this song, I think, points it out, but but I think it happens as the more time you spend with this. It is true that this record is like sort of careening off the cliff in his career. Like this sort of marks uncharted terror. Like all of that stuff is true. On first listen, it's weird. But the more time you spend with it, it actually just gets less weird, more stand. Like it totally. becomes basic and in, a, in a very good way. Like it's sort of, you, you hear it as a completely different, simple, record that i think in its first you know listens like everyone you know it, it, it i don't know it, it contains multitudes sure i i'm completely with you yeah i i remember the first couple like listens uh, of street legal i had i was it was just like confounding to me and i had to right. just like set it aside because i was like what the fuck is going on okay, this was like when desire would have been like as kind of far quote-unquote out there as i had gone into bob's discography years ago um, and I just had to like set it aside because I, I couldn't parse it. But yeah, coming back to it, today, like I was listening to it an hour ago before we started recording, and it's just like, this is just, this is the hits, man. I'm just snapping it's my fingers. Right there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, man. It's a, a, dare I say, you could just put it on. Put it on. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to put this record on. Great. The, the uh, other thing about this record that's great is it, it's like in every dollar bin everywhere. Like, right. And it sounds like the. You see it's the most available time. record. It's and it sounds everywhere. like absolute I mean, shit because the original pressing was terribly mastered and like almost sounds like your speakers are broken uh, level when you put it on the turntable. At I least love I love how petty Clinton Halen is about that in the recording session. <laughs> his, his criticisms hold no... Like, it's just about, oh, it doesn't sound very good. And I'm like, man, are you listening to the songs? Are you listening to the fucking music? Yeah, anyway, he's, sorry, Evan. I'm realizing that this is uh, Street Legal is the only other record beside uh, beside Freewheeling where Bob Dylan is pictured full body standing ah, on the cover. A, sh a shocking we haven't talked discovery. About the cover, we haven't talked about the cover. But no, I'm, seeing it, I'm seeing oh, it right man. next to uh, right next to Freewheeling here on my computer, and it 
he's conspicuously alone <laughs> compared to Free Willy. <laughs> yeah. Look, looking down the looking road, down perhaps the road, for yeah. uh, someone or something that doesn't uh, isn't around anymore. And, and, and instead of that beautiful, uh, you know, romantically cold and snowy uh, street in the West Village. He's in front of a shitty stucco building with a staircase in Santa Monica. In Santa Monica, yeah. Um, one of one of the brownest uh, record covers it, in his. You know, it's funny they have a same yeah. like visual hue. Phenomenally to brown. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Blonde on blonde yeah. is more brown. I have to say. Well, but, um, Slow Train is is the brownest. Slow Train is the brownest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. Right. New Morning That's, pretty brown. That That's beautiful, Matt. Uh, where yeah. I I wonder if this record would have been received a little bit better with a uh, different cover. Maybe. What what's the it's what one is of the, the coolest covers? It's one of his coolest covers. How like it's what, a great what, cover. What what more what, what more enticing image do you need to be like? I want to check out where this guy's going. <laughs> is it really the coolest? I, what Jesus. I love about the cover is it's so unrepresentative of the music that it contains. Yeah, totally. Like, like, totally. like freewheeling, I think, is a perfect like match between like the image, the music, like that goes together. Oh, perfect. Man, Same with blonde on blonde. This one, I think, they're completely at odds with each other. Oh no! Way. Yeah, I'm this, not. You don't. This, th- this dude, doesn't scream changing of the guards. To yeah, yeah this, exactly. This motherfucker <laughs> on the on the front of this record made senior. This like this guy, he's like I just is made that one of the seniors? Yeah, yeah, like he just came out of like he like he's like I made senior before lunch. Knocked out, loaded shows a pic actual image of the two seniors. Yeah, <laughs> that's too on the nose for Bob though. That's not really his. Style. That's a good, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, that's I don't know. I I think that this record did not have a very strong um, visual or marketing. Uh, oh. Identity, because I believe wasn't it when this came out where the copy was like you all. It was basically like you already know. It was like as you know, Bob Dylan has a new record coming out. Yeah, well, I I think that's absolutely right because the the record was cut in between legs of this tour, the '78 tour, like Budokan. Uh, was recorded before Street Legal was. That was right. like like February '78. Bob came back to the states and worked out a lot of these songs and rundown like in April May. I think the record was cut over the span of about a week. Uh, yeah, April 25th to May 1st, and then it was released June 15th. So literally yeah. like six weeks after he cut the last song, it was it was in a sleeve on the fucking stand in the record store. You go and buy it, and then he was on tour for the rest of the year. So it really it's was also amazing. Kind of just to, like a, I know you guys love Budokan to like come back from Budokan, cut this record. There's no reggae, there's no flutes. Like it's exactly. just totally not, like you get none of the Budokan, you know, sweet sauce. And then yep. you know he's back. And there's he's only yeah, and there. there's only I think one street legal song on. I think "Is Your Love in Vain" is the only street legal song that's right, which, on. Right, which, which he refers to as an unrecorded song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and right, then over right, time, right. you know, later into the '78, you know, that that uh, bootleg that I sent, sent you all and that's on the yeah. Twitter, it, like it sounds like a totally different band, but it's full of street legal shit. It's so. Uh, I I hope to God, uh, 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 whoever's listening from the Bob Dylan camp out there, please, please, please put out a fucking street legal bootleg series. So interestingly, this song's only been played uh, uh, 15 times. Uh, I think they're all in 78, right? The last one in 2000. Which thousand? Interesting. Doesn't Jesus Christ? That's that's within our window. The, There's no rhyme or reason to one. what he does when it comes to pulling these songs out. It's all it is completely unguessable. Josh, yeah. Josh, when is the first time you saw Dylan? You guys Shit, are gonna put us to shame know. on this. 
I know. I'm sorry to do this on air. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't, actually curious. I, I mean, in high school, 1998 at least. 99, probably. You see him on the Pulse. Yeah, 99. Yes, Damn. I saw. Well, they, I saw, but I saw him once before Jones Beach. I saw that okay. at Jones Beach. There okay. was one time I saw him before that, so that's why. I guess I don't know. So around yeah, late 90s. Is that same for you, Matt? Uh, yeah, I saw him first in 99. 99. Did we see that Paul Simon show together? I don't even know. Probably. No, I, yeah. I, you, you saw the Jones Beach show days after the other one. Oh, that's right. I went with Sky. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we better talk this over some other <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Th- thank you, Evan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next song, We Better Talk This Over. It's very funny, the placement of this, because in a way it's kind of like, you know, the main like thrust of the plot has happened. And now it's just like the the montage of, of, of Bob and, and his special someone like out at a cabin, like and there's like he's like chopping wood and she's like looking out the window like it's time to come inside. And he's like, all right. And it's stuff like that. <laughs> It's fantastic uh, visual storytelling for us. <laughs> I think that about sums it up. They're kind of they're at odds, but they're they make it work. You know, he's like, I don't know, are we having trouble? And she's like, uh, 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 says something clever back to him. I don't, I don't know. It's got. I think it's. I I think it's like it's like a Cassavetes movie to me. It's like it's like faces where like everybody's really drunk. Yeah. yeah. Right and right before they're about to have this reckoning. They're like, oh, should we talk now? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's like to me when I hear like maybe when we both get sober is like he says that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gonna, that is a really true. interesting line. Like that's but, not one yeah. that I that. But he's like, going to talk. Gonna... But he talks through it anyway in the same way that you'd be like, oh, we should talk about this later. But what I think I, I want to talk to you about is and then you just start going into it. That's kind of what this song is in right. the, in the arc of the record. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Yeah, that's sort of like a moment like a they both just accidentally got drunk and had a good time, even though they're supposed to be like fighting. Yeah, it's yeah, right. It's it's like moments in uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or something where they, right. where they, yeah. they, they, they start to enjoy each other again. And yeah. then it just it's all going to go good. terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which I think makes it the best setup possible for the last song where he's yeah. so yeah. utterly alone. Right. Um, Man, that that's a really good read of it. The sort of uh, like moment, yeah, yeah, where things maybe they're starting to work, but it really is kind of just still in flux. Uh, everything's still up in the oh, air. Oh, it's done. I don't even think it's in well, flux. I think it's fucking done. Like this relationship oh. is done, and this guy's being like, "Well, we should talk it over." Day late and a dollar short. Totally. I, that's way. That's my read on it. But that makes sense. I mean, I'm lost in the ways of your delicate haze with both yeah. eyes glazed. <laughs> I, I could just be enjoying the song too much to notice how how it's uh, sad. Maybe. Well, that, that, I think that's a good point. Sound wise, I think this is yeah. like this is sort of like the closest to like the classic Bob Dylan sound that BDS that we know and love. Right. Yeah. It even has the organ yeah. going on. Or- it, it sounds yeah, like yeah, something yeah, off does, of Highway yeah. or Blonde on Blonde. Exactly. Yeah, it does. Um, and he's got the backup singer. Are doing a thing on this. A bit, yeah. But yeah, the rest of it is like pretty like I, I it, it almost sounds like one where he was like, All right, folks, let's let's make this one sound like it used to, just as kind of a sop to the record company or something. Who knows right. if that actually happened? It probably didn't, but it is it is as un sort of street legal sounding, I think, as you're gonna get on this record. Yeah, you know, even so, do, do you, I, 
can I posit something? Do you think this is like they got divorced, they broke up, and that this is the song after like they had like one more yeah. roll in the hay? Yes. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, that, they like that, they like that met worked. up to like yeah. sign some papers and then fucked and like, then like hey, you know one Josh, last time did, or something. Did you watch that uh, uh, scenes from a marriage reboot thing? That was, no, I no. This is, I, you're, I, you, I, you, you you can't stop talking about scenes from a marriage. It's, I feel I've like seen, I'm only. I, I mean, I've I, seen I love, fifteen tweets I've seen from the original one. I've seen the the old one. The well, because that one, that happens in that uh, where yes. they sort of like yeah. are meant to just like sign the papers and get out of there, and of course it ends up being another thing. But um, God damn, I, uh, scenes from marriage versus street legal is actually kind of a nice narrative. Uh, yeah, and also love streams. <laughs> when you mentioned Cassavetes, I was oh, thinking Christ. about the, this song is like the yeah. end. This song is sort of like the end of love streams, where he's like sitting wearing that goofy hat. Like, yeah, waving goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Man, oh, what a great I wish movie. I, I wish I was a magician. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought about I thought about that line in terms of what Ian was just saying about the like the throwback to the old the old sound. Yeah. You know, when he says, yeah. uh, "I wish I was a magician," like because like when he does that uh, Ed Bradley interview in the mid two thousands, which coincidentally was recorded just miles from here in Northampton, Massachusetts, he says like oh, wow. he's like. He says, like, oh, some of those early songs, they were, like, magically written. Yeah, right. So he obviously has this... He's standing in awe of his early work, which I think he probably did pretty quickly out of the gate. You know, once once he had written those songs, he was like, where the fuck did these things come from? Right. And that's kind of why we have uh, the era covered by your podcast, which is the, his career. The good um, shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the shit that you can imagine a human being making. <laughs> <laughs> right. And with that, uh, we find ourselves at the last song here. Uh, what a great intro uh, to Where Are You Tonight? Mm. Journey Through We love Dark those Heat bongos. Tell uh, folks. Oh, man. God. Give it to me. It's like... It just- this song fucking rules. Like yeah. this song is so fucking good. This record ends so strong. Like yeah, it it's truly an does. Astounding song. I I think it gets better every single time I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I want to. I, I want to figure out a way to DJ uh, Apache into this. Into, <laughs> yeah. By the incredible bongo band into yeah. this. <laughs> it's sort of you know trite to to say you know Bob's opening and closing tracks on the song that's where he really puts the wood behind those arrows but like like what this the hell and is that expression hmm? put put the wood behind the arrow that's an expression I'll, right I'll, I'll allow it I've anyone else that. am i am i i've never heard it but all right but well, it makes sense yeah. google it yeah, um it your old did your old lump of clay a uh, coal sit yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's 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 a line i stole from norm um yeah this old it, chunk of coal yeah um <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it, like Street Legal alone, just like if if you only have two songs from this record and it's Guards and it's and it's uh, uh, Dark Heat, like those two alone, like like make this entire record, this entire project, oh. this entire era completely worth it. They're just both just like perfect gems, starting and ending, bookending this record. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, those two titles. Too. Yeah. Just also, got another pa- another parenthet- parenthetical. You know, awesome title. Journey through dark heat. Such a fucking just fascinating and like just like thrilling kind of image to to contextualize this song going into it. There's so yeah. many gr- incredible lines in this. She turns back the page of a book that nobody can write. 
Where are you tonight? And, and he delivers that line so oh, well. Talk about so vocals. Good. I mean, that yeah. one comes oh, out yeah. blazing. And she winds back the clock. And she turns back the page of a book that nobody can write. Oh, it's so good. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what's the mood of this? This song is kind of just like uh, all over the place. And he he seems to... I, this is what I mean when I said, I think... When we when he first asked me, Josh, like, what do I, how did I change my view of this record? Like, I think someone who knows what he's doing wrote this song, and this it feels very sophisticated lyrically. Like, it's self-referential and sides, and yet it sidesteps being like obviously self-referential. Yeah. It feels like he's writing for Bob Dylan, like in a way that is really effective and just strong, and it's just he knows what works for him. He knows, like, he's very in control of his instrument. Yeah, it's full command. It's like it's yeah, another it's thing command. too. Uh, like, I mean, when, like, not to draw another parallel to the bells, the like the the last song on the bells, which is the title track, Lou Reed said was about suicide as an ecstatic movement, and that's that's a very conflicting kind of, uh, to say the least, a conflicting emotion, a conflicted emotional state. Sure, and. This one has this very heroic kind of performative yeah. quality to it, while at the same time being totally desperate. And it's like, you, know, you yeah. have to own your desperation yeah. so completely and like to be able to even get to what the song is really about. Yeah, it's yeah. so, um, so spot on. As he yeah. says, t- tears on the letters that I write in that like, com- that strident tone. Right. Like, yeah, it's such a profoundly just like sad kind of lyric especially like where it concludes at the very very end but the performance is like euphoric like there's this like yeah just yeah. like this energy and like celebration uh aspect of the whole thing yeah. where like it's it's it really is kind of like a confounding sort of way to, to wrap everything up here it's also got like sort of going back to guards like this like kind of like taking place in this mythical kind of like storybook dimension, but there's also something much more real and like, like um, tangible here. Like he's referencing Elizabeth street, presumably, you know, in the, in Manhattan mm-hmm. um, and, you know, a full blooded Cherokee, you know, it's like a specific, like, you know, tribe of native American. Like th- this, this song like exists in earth, whereas like on earth on like in our dimension, our realm, whereas guards may or may not like this, this is a real interesting yeah. fusion of like, shit that's way up above in the clouds and what is is down here on the street yeah, yeah it's right. like the first movement of the record is like his whole world's been blown up by this catastrophic romance and it takes this whole journey just to come back to where he's sitting uh realizing like i fucking lost it like i lost my yeah it's all over blew it Wait, i i, I, I yeah. thought about that last night as i played it and i was taking notes on this and i was like man the final lines of the record are there's a new day at dawn and I finally arrived. If I'm there in the morning, baby, you'll know I've survived. I can't believe it. I can't right. believe I'm alive. Brutal. But without you, it just doesn't seem right. Oh, where are you tonight? Wow. That's the last thing you hear. Brutal. And then the record's just done. And so it's like, as a divorce record, could you imagine, any, or like you know, knowing that historically, or even in any context of the narrative of this record, what could be more shattering to end on than that? You know, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe I can't believe I'm alive. Like that's uh it's a very basic thing it's to ha- say. It's a it's, harrowing 
You also think about it like in terms of the the rest of the seventies output is like you know because after this he jumps obviously into the Christian. I mean shit that's what I was gonna say and just sorry to interrupt but just let that sink in about what the where this song ends and then yeah. the next song he'll release is gotta serve somebody right it's like <laughs> yeah. but I it a whole like this song is kind of just like I realize like uh, I really did fuck up this time like it's uh. Not good. But it, it, I mean, it makes, I mean, you know, even, I mean, it took me a while to sort of put a Christian period into, you know, devotional Dylan and rationalize it, but it makes such sense. I mean, if you like read this, he's just like devastated, you know, there, there's only sort of one path to, to go away from the selfishness that and the self-centeredness that's contained in this. And that is to, you know, you got to serve somebody and, you know, put himself like under, you know, under something. He needs yeah. to prostrate. He needs himself. to. He yeah. needs yeah. to yeah. prostrate. Exactly. Which, like, is on the, which, is, which is evidence on the cover of of, of Slow Train, right? Is, you know, the, like, yeah, the, yeah, the guy with yeah. the, the pickaxe. The, 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 yeah. the cross guys. It's and on the cover of Street Legal, right. he's he's looking uh, he's looking it's somewhere. Genius. I mean, not to be like, <laughs> not to be the guy who like reads into a Bob Dylan album cover because that's ridiculous. But triplicate's it's, pretty self evident. You know, he's looking askance like it's not like Dylan looking straight on like a hunk. This yeah. is kind of he right. looks kind of like what's next on on the cover of yeah, State League. Yeah, he, he doesn't he even look like he, he he doesn't want to step off the curb and get hit by a car. Is what it looks like. To yeah, me. He's yeah. Like, he, like, oh, is there somebody coming? Am I gonna? Yeah. He doesn't know which way to turn. Literally, right. or in something this, just uh, almost hit him, and now he's just standing going, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. He's he's looking for the bus. He just he, he the bus is late. He wants the bus to come. Yeah, right. He wants to get, he wants to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh but j- j- just to uh, to pick up with what I was going to say a moment ago, like this song is the conclusion to this entire narrative arc that spans all of the 70s up until this point that starts with like New Morning where he's got this just like absolute like devotional like um uh, domestic bliss sort of feeling. Planet Waves, you got the same thing, Wedding Song at the end of that record. Yep. Uh, and then you've got Blood on the Tracks, obviously. You've got Desire, which ends on Sarah, which is sort of this, like, you know, we're moving in the right direction, maybe, hopefully, you know, at, at least I'm really, like, I, I'm trying to do what I can to make that happen. And then, and then here is the conclusion of this entire sort of, like, emotional arc, is, like, it starts Bob in Woodstock, family, wife, everything is great, and now it's it's literally... I can't believe I'm alive without you. It just doesn't seem right. Where right. tonight? It's a fucking crushing decade-long journey. <laughs> it also comes up. It's like wh- where this doesn't sound like a man who has children. Yeah, uh, really. Like well, that doesn't seem to factor much into the, these songs. It's it's really like between a man and a woman, yeah. and uh, yeah. that's the like, well, yeah the, the forever drama. young. There's there's no been. gravitational pull of family in this record. Right. 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 At all. Yeah. Like yeah. There, there's no, I mean, I, nowhere to be found, um, which maybe is probably, I mean, he may be dealing with that too. I mean, I don't know what happened. She took the kids or something. I mean, who knows? No, well, that, like, that was what was happening at the time is, is that uh, uh, Sarah was moving to Hawaii and Bob was going on this worldwide fucking tour and she wanted to just take the kids with her to Hawaii. And so there right. was some sort of protracted custody battle that ended, I think, with split custody, basically. But that was that was like a big thing that was happening for Bob in yeah. 77, 78. Yeah, no, it's 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 an astounding. It's astounding how much is in this song. The, the you know it has one of my favorite like Bob things where like 
it, it's everything we just talked about. And then there's like this one line where he's like, I left town at dawn with Marcel and St. John, strong men <laughs> belittled by doubt. And then he moves on, right? Like, it, it, but like, there's an entire universe in that, in that line. Like there's so, he just sort of like opens a door and lets you know, there's like a whole other plot line going yep. on. And then he like moves on, you know. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a prose writer thing is, you know, that's how you develop, you know, like, um, the the world that you're building without actually having to build it is just like give people a glimpse of Marcel and St. John and make it clear that there is this whole other fucking world that this is taking place in. And And the only thing you tell, you know about them is that they're strong men. They're strong men. They're big, they're big guys. So much. Big guys. Marcel. St. John. <laughs> strong guys. The uh, the images in the song are also very strong. Like when I think of this song, I think about the, there's a there's a neon light ablaze and a green smoky haze. Is that yeah. the lyric? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so great. Great line. Uh, I don't know. I, she bathed I, I, in a stream of pure heat. Going back to that one. Heat. Incredible. He also says, you got to be more than street wise. Get yeah. it? I was going to bring that up. It's like the only thing that sort of alludes to the title of the record and all, you know, like street legal. What's the difference between street legal and street wise? We're missing what what uh, what I wouldn't give to hear street legal, the title track. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, this is like back to that sort of his interest in in noir or, uh, you know, sort of old cinematic tropes, I, I, I think, is is sort of woven through there, but it's not. It's not the heart of the song at all. It's just it's a device. Street legal is such a funny thing to call this uh, album. So yeah, good. it is weird. <laughs> I mean, you just think about like so what it could have been called like changing of the guards. It could have been called yeah. uh, New Pony. Man, else. call the whole record New Pony. New Pony. <laughs> could have been called Dark Heat. Could have been called. Yeah. Uh, it, love in vain. I'm surprised uh, that that sounds like a Dylan title. He would have been yeah. like, Love in vain. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, well, I want to ask you, gentlemen, where are you tonight on the giving of stars to this record? Uh, street legal. How, how many stars from one to three with no half stars being allowed? Uh, would you give this album from 1978? I don't think I, I, I don't think my third star could shine brighter than it does. <laughs> I think you're you're asking two of the wrong the, the wrong people about. We're asking two of the right people about. It. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been. Uh, this is an unabashed. This is probably one of the you know, uh, an early three star record for me. This is Absolutely. an unabashed three star record. I mean, I yeah, think I, I, it contains so. There's so we just what we just covered in this you know nay two three hours is like it contains so much. There's so yeah. much in here. We could do a whole another um, two hours. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I thought about this, which I mean, which you, you, you talked about before, Josh, is like, that's why it was the perfect record to use as the jumping off point for like, oh, we're going to make nine Dylan mixes, you know, that amount to however many hours of this stuff. And Street Legal was a great anchor for that in terms of being able to go to any corner of yeah, his... it gives you directions to go yeah, all the way from right. Bob Dylan '62 up until Rough and Rowdy Ways. Oh, but, yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you can like you, you can get into his most uh, idealistic, his most um, you know petulant, his his you know his his roughest, his rowdiest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, so three stars. Yeah. I, 
this black rider rides hard for for <laughs> well said Ian how many stars do you three give stars a- I get I almost gave it one star on the initial episode wow. because I was I was just I was ash- I, I'm ashamed to admit it I was because I was you had no was, time to think about I, you, yeah, were so, exactly. you were so much older then I well said I'm so younger much, than that so now. much socialism but then yeah. we talked this over and you stopped crying oh and my God. uh and, and there's been a changing of the guards. Pony. Yeah, now you're a bona fide senior. Uh, wow. This is th- th- this is actually what our text exchanges are like. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I mean, Josh and I could have very, very intimate, deep, wide-ranging emotional conversations only using quotes uh, from <laughs> easily. Easily. You're speaking our language. I know. Evan, where are you tonight? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a three stars from me on for uh, this record. I, I give go. it three. The the much coveted a uh, four way three star ranking for Street Legal that, Bob Dylan's nineteen seventy eight classic. It's a twelve star endeavor. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's a three star record. Uh, Street Legal, uh, Josh, uh, Matt. Uh, thank you both. This has been, a, a, I think, a, a revelation, and I hope it was for the the listeners who might want to go back and listen to this record, uh, buy it, touch it, and we also want you to turn the record over and look at the picture of Bob Dylan wearing that <coughs> weird all white thing in <laughs> that high contrast black great. and white. He looks he great. Look great. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you slipped that in. I'm yeah. glad we didn't miss that. Yeah, that's what well happens done. at the very he end. You, so, you go, he looks so good. You go, what is up with this record? And you turn it so over and you good. go, oh, what's this? The, just the way that's that designed also. It's sense. all yeah. black and he's there in the middle in all white. It's, be- it's beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. folks. Yeah. You love to see it. little angel. It's, oh, okay. Well, uh, I think we, we can just forego all the, the plugging because it's we're just, we already talked about it and we put we it, did in, it. It's all in the, the description. So... Uh, Without any further ado, I just want to thank you again for coming on Jokerman. And uh, until next time, can you guys both say Jokerman? We'll fix it in post. Yeah. One, two, three. Jokerman. Jokerman. Not even close, but we'll we'll take care of it. <laughs> There's a long distance train rolling through the rain. Tears on the letter I write There's a woman I long to touch And I'm missing her so much But she's drifting like a satellite There's a neon light ablaze And a green smoky haze And laughter down on Elizabeth Street There's a lonesome bell tone In that valley of stone as she bathed in a stream of pure heat Her fatherhood emphasized You got to be more than streetwise But it practiced what it preached from the heart The full-blooded Cherokee He predicted it to me The time and the place that we part